Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit within us. And we pray now that as you speak to us through your word, that you'll be at work in us by your spirit, transforming us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. For your praise and for your glory. Amen. We enjoy many freedoms, certainly living in this country. We have freedom to choose what we wear, freedom uh, to believe what we want, freedom uh, to an extent to do whatever we feel like doing. Oasis sang that really famous song, I'm free to be whatever I choose to be, basically. The Beastie Boys. No, maybe. Maybe I'm stretching it here with the Beastie Boys. They sang about their right for freedom. you got to fight for your right to party. It's our right to be free. And we can use that freedom in whatever way we choose. Yet we also know what it is to put aside our freedoms for the sake of others. Haven't we had to do that for the last uh, 18 months or so? Putting our freedoms to one side for the benefit of others. Staying at home, wearing our face masks, all that that has entailed. And we have freedom as God's people. We're free in Christ. Isn't that wonderful uh, to know and be reminded of that? This week I've been reminded of a song, Jesus, We Celebrate Your Victory. I don't know if you know that. It's quite, well, 90s. Is that old? I don't know, maybe uh, it is. Uh, And it's a song that celebrates our freedom, our new life in Christ. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Oh, look at that, right on cue. Wow. We've got the talent here, haven't we? We are free in Christ, which is wonderful news. And we have freedom uh, to make decisions. We're free in so many ways to uh, decide how we live out our Christian faith. Yes, we have the overarching principles that are given in Scripture, which the Spirit guides us uh, to. But there are a huge number of, of decisions that we make each and every day where the Bible doesn't directly give us an answer to. The Bible isn't absolutely crystal clear in what we should do in every single decision that we make each and every day. It's part of our Christian freedom. We have decisions to make. We saw it last week, didn't we, in chapter 8, where God speaks about marriage, a husband and a wife. And if you want to get married, you are to marry a believer. That's the biblical principle that we uh, saw last week. But Scripture doesn't tell us who to marry. Scripture doesn't say whether we should marry Mary or Martha. We're free to choose who to marry. As long as we marry somebody who fits into that biblical principle of marrying a believer. We are free in Christ, and we are free uh, to choose what we do in lots of different areas of life. 
And that is what Paul addresses this morning as he addresses this issue of meat offered or sacrificed to idols. Verse 1. Now regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, in the culture at the time, people often went to the temple as we would go um, to a restaurant and they would sit and eat. The problem was animals were offered and sacrificed in the temple to various idols. And so some of this meat would be uh, burnt as an offering, some would be eaten in a meal, some would be sold uh, in the temple shop, in the market. And some Christians within the Corinthian church were going to the temple and eating these meals. And that was leading to problems within the church. And Paul has two groups of people in view in this chapter. The knowledgeable, the knowledgeable group who would eat the meat that has been sacrificed to idols. And the weak group, those whose conscience wouldn't allow them to eat at the temple. They were horrified by those who did. Verse 1 continues, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. Again, it seems like this is one of the Corinthians' slogans. We all have knowledge. We all possess knowledge. As we've seen earlier on in Corinthians, that knowledge and wisdom was a big thing in Corinth uh, and in the church. And this is the knowledge uh, that they have. Verse 4 so what, ab what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a god and that there is only one god. The knowledge that they had was that idols were nothing and that there is only one true god. We've just sung about that. Nothing compares to God. And so because idols are nothing, meat that is offered to idols is fine to eat. And Paul says, that is true. That is true knowledge. What you have said there is a fact. He goes on in verse 5. There are many so-called gods, both in heaven and on earth. And some people actually worship many gods, many lords. But for us, there is one God, the Father. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. It's an amazing couple of verses. It, it's, it feels like it, it was sort of one of the early creeds of the church. There is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. What an amazing few verses that is. Let me challenge us to memorize that as a church. It's a wonderful and wonderfully encouraging verse. One God the Father, one Lord Jesus Christ. Idols are nothing. They're man-made uh, things. They're nothing next to the one true God. And Paul goes on in verse 8, but food does not bring us nearer to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. 
The problem wasn't eating. The problem was their attitude towards their fellow brother and sister within the church. Their attitude was not a good one or a helpful one to those in the church who couldn't eat this meat because their conscience wouldn't allow them. And so this group of not the, the knowledgeable were sort of puffed up with this knowledge. But while knowledge makes us feel important, or while knowledge puffs us up like a balloon, they're being inflated with spiritual pride. That's a danger for us. We can know our scriptures really well and it can fill us up, it can puff us up with spiritual pride. Paul isn't dismissing knowledge as something that is worthless. We know that Paul has a high regard for knowledge, for knowledge about God, for who he is. We need knowledge, the knowledge of Scripture, so that we know what to believe and how to live. What Paul is saying, knowledge alone isn't enough. It needs to be knowledge with love. The Lord is more concerned not with what we know in our minds, but with the love in our hearts for one another. And so he continues in verse 1, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Or as another version puts it, knowledge puffs up while love builds up. One of our neighbours is having an extension to the house. And we've seen over the last couple of months how it's gone from nothing, from foundations being laid to bricks being built upon each other right up to the finished extension. That's what love does. It builds up. It puts others first. Jesus said in John 13, the new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The Corinthian church needed to know, needed to remember who it was they were known by. Verse 3, but whoever loves God is known by God. Love is the proof of knowing God. We will be known as his disciples as we love one another. And so Paul says, although you are free to eat that meat that has been sacrificed to idols, they were forgetting, they were ignoring the impact that it was having on their fellow brother and sister in Christ, whose conscience was weak, weak in the sense of, their conscience wouldn't allow them uh, to eat. And if they did, uh, it would be a sin. And so verse 7, however, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that has been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods. And their weak consciences are violated. And so Paul is saying, it's great you have that knowledge, but don't forget love. Because it is love that builds 
up. Yes, you are free to eat that meal at the temple, but consider love and the impact that that would have on your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Because by eating and not considering, you become a potential stumbling block for that person. Be careful, however, verse 9, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. They exercise their freedom to go and eat. Their brother sees that whose conscience doesn't allow them to do that. Yet because they see the mature brother or sister in Christ eating at the temple, they think, well, I will join in. Yet it caused them uh, to fall, to stumble. It could even lead them back to their old way of life. So Paul is saying, consider your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Christ died for them as well. They are in Christ as well. Don't cause them to sin by exercising your right, your freedom to eat in the temple. Verse 12, and when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. Although they are free to eat, out of love, they should consider how it will impact others. Knowledge must not overshadow love for believers. And so Paul leads the way in this. He gives us the example in verse 13. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. Paul sets out this principle of love, of love that builds up. If my eating of meat causes someone to stumble and fall, I will never eat meat again. Paul is willing to deny himself for the sake of his brother or sister in Christ. Isn't that what Christ did? Don't we read that in Philippians 2? Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. In our Christian freedom, let us put our brother or sister in Christ first. Let us consider them before we exercise our freedom in whatever area it is. Now, I'm sure eating meat that is sacrificed to idols isn't really high on our agenda uh, these days. But the principle is there and that impacts it in lots of areas of our lives. 
And so in the freedom that we've been given, let us consider first how it will impact others. Let us not sin by choosing to do something that will cause another believer to stumble and fall. And so, for example, we have freedom to drink alcohol. We have freedom in that. I'm free to drink. But that might be an issue for somebody in the fellowship. Somebody may have struggled with alcohol in the past. And so, although I'm free to drink, if I was to put into, into practice the principle that Paul uh, is laying out here, I would not exercise that freedom for the sake of my brother or sister in Christ so that I don't become a stumbling block to them. I choose not to exercise that freedom out of love for that person because it is love that builds up. We now have some freedoms back uh, COVID-wise. Yet, as we exercise those freedoms, we should consider the effect and impact that it would have on a fellow believer. Even though I can exercise that freedom, will my actions build up that person or will I be a stumbling block to them? And so I may choose not to exercise my freedom out of love for that person because love builds up. In all our freedoms, in all our choices, in all our decisions, we need to consider whether exercising those freedoms has the motive of doing so out of love for others. Because it is love that builds up. Paul's not saying don't do anything that might upset somebody. There are times when it's right to do things and that might cause offense to others. But the key thing that Paul is getting at here is whether it will cause somebody to stumble and fall into sin. Let us not be stumbling blocks to our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are many things that we will differ uh, on, many issues that we'll have different opinions about. But what's more important? Being right and exercising our freedom or being loving towards our brothers and sisters in Christ? So let us follow this example that Paul lays out of denying ourselves for the sake of others in seeking to build one another up in love. Let us resolve to live out, switching the words around of verse 13. If what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. And thank you for the freedom that we have in the decisions that we make each and every day, in the things that we do. Father, be at work in us by your Spirit.
as we seek to exercise our freedom, not for ourselves, not because we have a right to do so, but out of love for our brother and sister in Christ. So Father, help us uh, to live in a way that builds one another up, all for your praise and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.